Oliver Wallstrom re-signs with the New York Islanders, but the big question now is, where will he play? We've got that and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you can get new episodes as soon as they come out and drop. And you can also find us now on SiriusXM. Go to the SXM app and do a search for Locked on Islanders. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We have got a lot to talk about on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to send us an email at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we will be happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all things Islanders this offseason, hirings, firings, trade rumors, free agency. If it's happening to the Islanders, we will cover it here on Locked On Islanders. Remember now, we are on our off-season schedule, so it's three days a week, three shows, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, although if there is some important breaking news, we will go to a show immediately and get that up there. Please, everybody, uh, just excuse my voice. I'm a little bit under the weather, but carrying on, and uh, we will get through this podcast, but if I uh, sound a little, a little out of it, that's why. All right, the big news over the last couple of days, Oliver Wallstrom ends up signing his qualifying offer. And, yeah, the deadline was Saturday at 5 o'clock Eastern time, and apparently the deal was signed by them. But Lou Lamorello, being Lou Lamorello, uh, waits until Monday to announce the signing. So it's a one-year qualifying offer. It does mean a slight pay cut for Oliver Wallstrom, but it also means that Wally is back on the island. And look, it is still possible that Lou Lamorello chooses to include Wallstrom in a trade. That is, 
you know, that was rumored if the Islanders were going to acquire Alex Dabrinkit. But, again, rumors are not exactly the same as facts. Is it possible that Lou Lamorello trades Wallstrom before the season starts? Yes, but I wouldn't bet on it being likely necessarily either. We have to see. But the big question now becomes, where should Oliver Wallstrom play? And there are a few variables involved in this. And by the way, uh, please do check out our poll because that is our poll question on YouTube. What line do you think the New York Islanders should play forward Oliver Wallstrom on? And uh, early voting, the choices, by the way, first line, second line, third line, or I think Lou Lamorello should trade Wally. So uh, right now, first line seems to be in the lead, but we'll talk a little bit more on Friday, uh, Friday show about the results of this survey uh, and just hear what you think. But there are some variables. Look, if you want to put them on the first line with Matthew Barzal and with Bo Horvat, that is certainly an option. Is it the best option? We'll see. Here's what a lot of it is going to depend on. A lot of it is going to depend on the future of Zach Parise. And we still don't know whether or not Zach Parise will sign with the Islanders for one more year or hang up his skates. Now, if Parise comes back, that complicates things a little bit as far as who's going to play where. Uh, but you would think Parise and Pajot would be two-thirds of your third line. And then it would be, you, you know, Wallstrom would be one possible candidate there. Simon Holmstrom would be fighting for a spot. Hudson Fashing is another possibility if the Islanders want to go that route. Uh, but again, it, it's sort of wide open. Uh, it looks like for now that the Islanders want to keep Brock Nelson, Pierre Engvall, and Kyle Palmieri together as a unit. So that is sort of up in the air. And then you, you, you still have, uh, you know, players like Julian Gauthier and Ross Johnston and, you know, guys who are trying to make this team like William Dufour or Matthew Maggio or Ruslan Iskakov. All of these players are sort of in the mix fighting for spots, and it'll be interesting to see where the Islanders slot Wallstrom. Here's the thing. Uh, Wallstrom, in the first, you know, 30-something games he played last year before getting injured, finally appeared to be playing more of a game that the Islanders appreciate playing more of a 200-foot game, being more physical. He spoke on May 1st at Getaway Day about the, you know, the, the desire and the need to be more physical and to be more of a power forward. Could Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzal use a power forward who could score on their line? Yes. Could... He fit in well with Pajot and uh, and Parise or Pajot and Fashing. Yeah. Uh, 
that would be a very good checking line. Pajot is capable of 15 to 20 goals. Hopefully, Wallstrom can get you 20 goals. Fashing can get you 15 to 20. And that's a solid two-way third line. If you're willing to break up uh, Nelson, Engball, and Palmieri, you could slot them on the second line also. Here's the thing, though, in my mind. Regardless of where the Islanders play Oliver Wallstrom, I want to see him get some time on the power play. And it may have to be on the second power play unit. We know how bad the Islanders' power play has been. But Wallstrom, you know, he he has a heavy shot. He has a good shot. uh, But he has other, you know, flaws in his game, like how long sometimes it takes him to get that shot off and his skating. Giving him some chances when... You're on the power play, and you have more time and space to operate. He could help the power play. The power play could help him. That, my friends, could be a win-win for the Islanders and for Wallstrom. So, interested in hearing your opinion, so check out our uh, YouTube poll on Wallstrom and what line he should play on. But I think regardless of what line he ends up on, I would like to see Wally get some time on whether it's the first power play unit or the second power play unit, and obviously whatever it is, he's got to earn that. But I would like to see him get a shot on the power play. Uh, I think it'll help the Islanders, and it'll help Wally. So that would certainly be a win-win. All right, we have got more to get to on today's show. Uh, Another player who was a restricted free agent re-signs with the Islanders. We'll talk about that. Plus, uh, some trade rumors quieting down. We'll get that and address the specifics. And another uh, Islander from the team's first decade passing away earlier this week. We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you could spend on betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And look, whether you're a Yankee fan or a Met fan or a fan of any of the other teams in baseball, second half is now underway. And you can find lots of great props, odds, and betting opportunities. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So, it wasn't just Oliver Wallstrom <coughs> who re-signed with the Islanders on Monday, or excuse me, on Tuesday. The Islanders announcing that uh, goalie Jakob Skerek had also signed uh, with the organization. It's a two-year, two-way deal. If he plays in the NHL, he'll be paid $775,000. And, uh, 
basically in the AHL, he would get, uh, he has an $85,000 salary and $105,000 salary in each of the two years with a guarantee of $100,000 this year and $135,000 in 24-25. Skerek, again, uh, sort of at a crossroads, still hasn't proven that he is NHL ready, although scouts say he has the tools. And look, his career goals against average, 3-3-4. His career save percentage, 8-93. But the good news for Jakob Skarek is that he probably will be the starting goalie and the more experienced goalie in Bridgeport. Uh, Tristan Lennox will probably be the backup or split time. Now, obviously, if Lennox really plays well and Skarek really struggles, they could, uh, you know, that situation could change. But Jakob Skarek going to be back, and he is going to be sort of the number one goalie in Bridgeport, at least to start the season. And uh, I, I guess his chances of proving uh, that he can be at least a solid NHL backup are starting to dwindle just a little bit. Wanted to talk a little bit more about the trade rumors about Jake DeBrusque. And the deal was, uh, you know, discussed on this show last week and was going around the uh, internet a little bit and on uh, social media. But apparently, uh, there have been no reports of actual trade talks between the Bruins and the Islanders involving Pajot and Jake DeBrusque. So while it does make a certain amount of sense because the Bruins will need a center and the Islanders need some goal scoring, um, basically uh, no, n there is not a lot of fire there and the smoke seems to be more speculation. So, again, the Bruins waiting on Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. They may indeed need a center, but I don't know if DeBrusque, who scored a career-high 27 goals last year, would be enough of a return for Lou Lamorello to consider dealing away J.G. Pajot, a player that Lou really, really likes. So, those rumors are cooling off. It appears they were more speculation than actual conversations being held between the teams. And I'll say this. The Islanders right now are officially above the cap. Now, you're allowed to be above the cap. According to Cap Friendly, they are $486,625. That's four eight six. 625 above the cap. Now, you're allowed to be up to 10% above the cap during the offseason. So that's not an issue for now. But the Islanders still do need to uh, get under the cap before the season gets underway. And there are a lot of different ways they may be able to do that. But as of right now, the Islanders are over the cap and we still that keep in mind that number that we're talking about does not include Zach Parise. So, you know, the fact that the Isles are over the cap by almost half a million dollars, I, I, again, you add Parise 
on a minimum contract. And again, that leaves Ross Johnston as a possible option to send him down to Bridgeport to free up $1.1 million. That would kind of put you right about where you need to be uh, in order to get Parisi back. But a couple of things just come into my mind. The longer this goes on, I think the less likely two things are to happen. Number one, I think Zach Parise, the longer he takes to make up his mind, the longer uh, it will, the more likely it is that he is seriously contemplating retirement. And then number two, the longer this offseason goes on without the New York Islanders making a move for either that goal-scoring winger or a puck-moving defenseman, the more I think that this group that we have right here is more likely, not definitely, but more and more likely to be the group we start the season with. And I would still like to see the Islanders address one of those two needs, the puck-moving defenseman, the goal-scoring winger. I think it would be easier to address the puck-moving defenseman. You bring in a third-pair left-handed defenseman to challenge either Samuel Bolduc or Sebastian Ajo and help that transition game. And look, maybe Bolduc is able to do that in training camp and in the preseason, and that ends that controversy. Or maybe Ajo takes another step forward, although I still think his size limits his possibilities as a defensive player going forward. But I I would like to see them address it. A puck-moving third-pair defenseman doesn't have to cost a lot of money. And uh, we'll see, you know, what Lou Lamorello can do, if anything. And then when you get closer to the trade deadline, when the season is going on, Maybe a player gets placed on LTIR. Maybe there's a a trade that you can work out in the middle of the season or toward the trade deadline that helps you free up some space and bring in that goal-scoring winger. I think that can work. And if you think about it, if the Islanders get a new power play coach, if Oliver Wallstrom becomes that 20-goal guy at least, and the power play goes from dreadful to just even below average. Get me out from the the high 20s and, and you know, 31st or whatever it's going to be. Get that power play to 18th, a little below average. If the Islanders' power play was 18th last year, this team would have won at least five or six more games and would have easily made the playoffs and been fighting the Rangers and the Devils for third place in the division. If you can do those two things and improve your exit from the zone with a puck-moving defenseman now, and then you go to the power play uh, and improve that, and comes trade deadline, you still have Sorokin and Varlamov in goal, you have a solid defensive core, all of that, add it all up together, I think you can get your goal scorer at the trade deadline. That's when Lou Lamorello likes to make his big deals anyway and get this team ready for what you know could be a great stretch drive and hopefully a playoff run <coughs> if that plan, excuse me, 
actually comes to fruition. All right, we have got more to get to. Uh, a former Islander player and assistant coach passes away. We'll talk a little bit about that. Plus, we have our Islanders' birthday of the day and a whole lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So some sad news uh, earlier this week, and, uh, you know, I, I am old enough to remember this guy as a player, but uh, it was sad to hear of the passing of former Islanders player and assistant coach Billy McMillan. And, you know, the thing about McMillan, he is not somebody who... Uh, is very much remembered today. He was not a star player. Billy McMillan was the kind of guy who just threw his body around, was a physical two-way checker. Uh, You know, he was our Islanders' birthday of the day back in March. He died at the age of 80 back on July 15th. Made his NHL debut with the Maple Leafs, had 22 goals and 41 points in that rookie season in 1970-71, was uh, a member of the Atlanta Flames in their first season, 72-73, and then joined the Islanders for 73-74, was a regular with the team uh, through the 76-77 season, and then played one year in the minors of the Fort Worth Texans of the Central League, uh, where he became a player coach in 1977-78, took over as the head coach a year later, and then in 1979-80, he was an assistant coach with the New York Islanders and the team that won the first of four straight Stanley Cups, left after that year to become the head coach of the NHL Colorado Rockies, and then was the head coach and general manager, first ever head coach, by the way, in the history of the New Jersey Devils. So, uh, Bill McMillan native of Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, and uh, a player who really did help the Islanders add some grit and physicality in the mid-1970s, passing away at the age of 80 on July 15th. Uh, And we certainly send our condolences to Bill McMillan, uh, his family and friends, uh, on his passing. And, uh, yeah, it just... I have to say, it makes me feel old uh, seeing all of these players that I remember, uh, you know, when I was a little kid playing, and they are, you know, leaving us at this point. And uh, if you check out uh, Newsday, great article there where Chico Resch talks about what Bill McMillan meant to the 1980 New York Islanders, and he was a teammate of McMillan's also, uh, as well as being coached by McMillan during that 1980 magical Stanley Cup run, the first one, always the sweetest, for the New York Islanders. So, uh, Bill McMillan, 80 years old, passing away. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and uh, we are a little bit late on this one. Monday was the 54th birthday of former Islanders goalie Tommy Soderstrom. The native of Stockholm, Sweden, originally an 11th round pick of the Flyers back in 1990. Made his NHL debut in 92-93 with the Flyers. Played two seasons in Philadelphia and then played uh, 
three years with the Islanders. And, you know, he was really their starter in 1995-96. That was not an easy year to be a, a New York Islander by any stretch of the imagination. After that, headed back to Sweden to finish out his career. But, you know, Soderstrom was essentially a good goalie who played on some pretty bad Islanders teams. And that, you know, a lot of players in, in the 90s really uh, fit that description in the late 90s. And, you know, he won three championships in Sweden. He was a, a quality goaltender uh, internationally, but the Islanders just didn't do a lot to support him. One of his better games as an Islander, how about October 20th? 1995 Islanders in the original Fisherman jerseys hosting the Montreal Canadiens at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Patrick Waugh in goal for the Habs. Tommy Soderstrom in goal for the Islanders. All the scoring in this one coming in the second period. Dennis Vasky scoring on the power play and then Scott Lachance at even strength. Islanders blank the Canadiens by a final score of two to nothing in this game. Tommy Soderstrom, 26 saves to earn the shutout. Now Soderstrom uh, essentially had three shutouts in his tenure with the New York Islanders. Uh, this being one of them, and uh, I'll tell you when he was on his game. Even though, you know, he was only 5'10", 162 pounds. Most goalies way bigger than that in this day and age. But Soderstrom was quick. He had good reflexes. And he was able to keep a lot of pucks out of the net. And, uh, again, you ask uh, Marty McGinnis or Ziggy Palfi or Mick Vakoda, Todd Bertuzzi, Derek King. You ask those guys what... Tommy Soderstrom, what kind of goalie he was. I'm sure most of them will have nothing but high praise for what he did for some very, very, very weak and struggling Islanders teams. They, they struggled, but we loved them anyway back in the day. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every dayers, we're back Friday. We'll have all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and we will continue to get you ready for the uh, for training camp, which is uh, less than two months away. So definitely looking forward to that. Want to send some get well wishes to Gary Harding, hoping uh, that Gary feels better. And uh, we will be back on Friday, so please join us for that. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course... Let's go Islander.